Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Joshua Mather, a tech evangelist for Vantive, V-A-N-T-I-V, and the website is vantiv.com. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for the introduction. Yeah. So, you know, I always start with the basics. Uh, tell the listeners what Vantive does. So Vantive is the largest and fastest growing U.S. payment processor in the U.S. We're publicly traded under the stock ticker VNTV, and we're both a card issuer and a merchant acquirer, and we are the number one acquirer in the nation by transaction volume. Do you just do um, – and the reason I ask this is because I deal so much with uh, Bitcoin and the crypto world. Um, do you deal just with traditional fiat payments, or do you uh, – have any thoughts or uh, are you working with any crypto, you know, to accept Bitcoin or anything? No, we don't. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had, you know, conversations around that. And, um, you know, currently, given all the climate and everything, that's not something that we're we're focused on. You know, that said, we, we definitely, um, you know, have, have discussed in that part of it and the blockchain side of things and, and, and have our, you know, fingers involved in certain areas of the blockchain and, um, working with different working groups and those types of things. Okay, no problem. So, yeah, tell me, um, so you guys are a large processor. Um, what do you see as the current climate for merchants? Anything um, that, you know, an individual merchant wouldn't know or that people should be interested in hearing about? You know, what's it like to be on this side of the merchant processing, dealing with fraud, things like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, implications behind everything that merchants have to deal with. Um, and, and that, you know, that's really kind of our, our, our bread and butter, honestly, you know, we kind of offer like a very open architecture type platform that allows our partners and our merchants to come in and get access to like world-class tools, like fraud tools and those types of things, um, you know, where they can set up like scoring and metrics around those, those, um, indicators to realize what they, what they need. And we also, you know, facilitate the mechanisms to come into compliance with PCI and those types of things. So, um, you know, the, and, and that's, and, and if you're talking about the key things that, that merchants need to know, um, you know, that, that probably is the most important thing is, is, is the security side of it. So, you know, understanding what their PCI implications are and what they need to do, you know, to protect themselves and their customers for, from fraud. So what are some recommendations for merchants? You know, why would they use Vantive? And I, I, I know you guys are the biggest and the baddest, but 
you know, any particular advantages in working with you among uh, versus other processors? Well, I mean, I think one interesting thing that I that I should point out is that um, you know, we're we're pretty new to being the the you know the big guy on the block. Um, I kind of have joked around at times. It's sort of like when like Apple overtook Microsoft or something because it's been um, other processors, which I won't name names here, for quite some time. And I think that there's a reason behind that, and that's because we are are relatively agile and we we move pretty quickly um, in 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 a you know risk and compliance world on the payment side. So so we're able to. We also do a lot of merger and acquisition. So. But but we bring that technology in and we're able to kind of iterate with that and do things perhaps that other people aren't able to. So I think that's maybe one of the benefits, but there's there's more to it than that. I, I like to kind of call it the people stack. So we um, really plug our partners in with our people. And so a lot of times people get assigned for life, the lifetime of the, the, the merchant or the um, per, the integrator to have somebody actually hold their hand the entire time and they and they partner with them all the way through, you know, through that lifetime of their their relationship with us. So so there's that part of it. We also kind of geek out with you. We stay on the cutting edge. We have, you know, simulators and certifications that we um have built up and we have a, a great developer portal um called Vantive One and that, you know, that's really um what drives all of that. So I I think that, you know, given that and then the way that we view the world and bring acquisitions on is kind of the, the primary benefits. Right. So what are some of the, the challenges that merchants face, you know, whether they know it or not? I mean, what are, what are the biggest problems they're having today? Well, I mean, yeah, I think the first thing that you can point to on that, of course, and everybody's favorite cup of tea to talk about is, is EMV, um, you know, and why, you know, why did the chip cards come out? And, and I think that that that's the primary, you know, the primary thing that they need to be concerned about, and most of them probably get concerned about, depending on what vertical they're in, is, is chargebacks, and and um, you know, so that that said, that's why chip and pen is there, and, and so yeah, yeah. What what is the ND now? What's the acronym mean? Uh, EMB is EuroPay Mastercard Visa, um, and it's actually just a acronym for security. Oh. Um, um, you know, it's it's it really just is an indicator of that processing chip technology. Yeah, I've you know I recently well I've had mine for about I think eight months, and you know when I go to merchants around town, I live in Texas. Um, half the time they'll do the chip, and half the time they say they can't do it, and they cover up the receptacle. Any insights mm-hmm. on why some people do that and some people won't take the chip? Is it just that their merchant processor won't allow them to use it, or what's the deal? Yeah, I mean that's that's part of it. So the way some of that works is that there's um you know, for example, like if it's an integrated payment system, so they might have a point of sale and that point of sale process with a particular processor and that integrated payment system may not be certified to run with the you know, EMV transactions and so they don't have it available. So but but the devices that they're shipping um are EMV capable, but that you know the end the end to end certification process hasn't been done yet. Yeah, it seems like the EMV uh, chip would make things a lot safer. At least if you know, again, I know from you know from merchant accounts, if you swipe a transaction versus manually entering it in, it should cost less and it should be safer because the card actually actually had to be present. So I would think the same mm-hmm. thing with the uh, the EMV. It makes it a more secure transaction, even more than probably swiping, um, and mm-hmm. maybe a lower rate to be offered. So it's you know, why wouldn't it be everywhere? Why? What's the holdback still? 
it, it really is, um, you know, more of a, a technical limitation of the integrator's capabilities. So, so you know, as they're moving forward, um, they have to make the decision, you know, the cost trade-off. Is it is it a good time for them to roll that out into their systems? And so, um, you know, these some of the integrators, they, they feel it's not, and then they don't do it. Um, you know, and like I said, that, that comes back into chargeback liability. And then, and then there's certain verticals, you know, like, for example, like the restaurant space, I think where they don't view chargebacks as a, as a, as a big issue to them, you know, so they don't necessarily, um, you know, pursue that. They don't even pursue it with their integrators. They don't necessarily go back and say, hey, you know, we, we'd like to get EMV terminals. It's just, they, they usually say, you know, we don't, we don't really want EMV terminals. It's going to slow things down, and we don't have a chargeback problem. So a lot of times that's the case as well. Oh, okay. Well, what about for your customers? Do, do you have EMV available for all of them? Do you encourage them to use it, or is it optional? Yeah, I mean, it's fully encouraged, and we actually were the first, uh, Vantip was the first to come to market with a certified EMV solution. Um, I believe that was in 2016, and so yeah, we we offer a full range of EMV capabilities across you know a large swath of platforms that we offer. We we have the capability for um, merchants and or or uh, partners to come in and do direct certifications for EMV. We can they can also utilize what we call like a semi-integrated type of EMV solution where. Um, we've already like certified the devices because the EMV and B certification process is actually quite long. And so a lot of times that's part of the painful part for the partners as well. So that's why we also offer those like semi-integrated solutions. Okay. So, and, and just to be real clear, a chargeback is when, um, you know, someone runs a charge at a merchant and then they dispute it, you know, with a credit card company saying it was either fraud or service was not provided or some other reason, right? Or am I missing something? That's right. That's right. No, that's, you're correct. Um, any insight into how merchants can protect themselves from chargebacks? How can they do things the right way? Any documentation they should keep or not keep? You know, do you guys have best practices for your merchants? Well, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm the, the best person to advise that. I think that generally speaking, they want to work with their partners' um, capabilities and, and find out what their, their PCI implications are. That's generally you know what's involved there. I mean, they, if you if you want to protect yourself from chargebacks, then you want to have EMB an EMB capable device and, and be utilizing that in in the proper way. And I think that um you know beyond that, all we can really say is you know they need to work with their partner and um, to realize what their their QSA or the PCI implications might be. Yeah, I've heard that um, you know sometimes people can have a card reader, so they'll you know like for instance in a restaurant. You know, a bad employee will have a card reader and they'll swipe someone's card and charge it and then swipe it in the regular terminal. Does EMV uh, stop things like that from happening? Yeah, I mean, you're you're not if you have a chip card, um, you know, the uh, the it's supposed to reject the swipe. So so there's there's the rules around that, but um, you know, so that you should be able to protect that. You know, if if you've implemented the EMV process correctly. All right. Any other benefits um, to working with Vantiv? Any other technology or things that merchants should be aware of that you guys offer that's unique? Well, um, I mean, I think that you know we're, we're in kind of a unique situation that where we can offer. Um, I'll go back to kind of what I was saying before, which is that we we offer solutions like that offer building blocks from the base, so you can um, come to us and directly connect to us and you know, process incredibly large volumes and 
or you can be a very small merchant or partner and take on our you know, integrated platforms and, and do a really lightweight impl- uh, integration that happens really quickly. So we kind of have like this full range of capabilities, whether that's e-commerce or card present, um, to do that and, uh, along with offering international processing and those types of things. So we're really kind of in a unique situation that not a lot of other processors are in. Yeah, what are some of the limitations that other processors seem to have? You said you can handle high volume. Is there a threshold above which a merchant can't work with other processors or other factors? Um, there, there may be. I, you know, that that's a, you know a scalability question in a in a technical sense um, for that particular processor. And so, um, you know, there there and there are limitations like that. that you know, I've heard of situations where um, you know particular processors are not capable of handling the volume loads from um, particular merchants or partners. Okay, and what's what's coming in the industry? You know, what do you see as an insider that's uh, changing and happening in addition to the EMV stuff that's going to, you know, what are merchants going to see differently in the next few years? Well, you know, I, I think that um, what you touched on in the beginning, really, like the fraud and the security, and if we get past EMV, you know, there's a lot of technologies that are leaning towards mobile, like 3D Secure and those things that like Apple Pay and um, Android Pay, these things that are kind of built around those pieces, um, NFC, those types of things. So I think, you know, mobile payments are really and the security around those and then the analytics and fraud tools that will be built around those. Those, those are kind of what are coming, you know, in the, in the near to medium term. Do you think credit cards will um, go away and become part of a phone? Somehow um, you'll have a credit card that's uh, associated with your your smartphone? Or do you still think they'll take physical form? I think that's a really good question. Um, And I'll give you my personal answer. No. (laughs) I don't think they're going to go away. But could they? Yes, they could. Um, I think that, you know, there's a trend towards mobile. And... um, you know, we see it, we see the growth there. So, so it does happen. Um, you know, and, and I think that the younger generations are much more apt to do that. And I, I think that maybe the, you know, some of the more interesting parts are the biometric payments and that might be something that's coming down the line as well, which may eliminate some of the cards or, you know, it's possible that one thing I keep kind of had a discussion on with someone the other day was like, you know, if you used your phone to make a payment and they tokenize that payment and then, um, you know, we're hearing about like, uh, like finger-based biometric payments so you could like, you know, use two fingers and, and pay at that point and they have your card on file and so you can use that at that merchant from then on. So, so you know, things like that might come down the road. It's it's hard to say at this point, but but I, my, my personal feeling is that actually the, the, the card mechanism actually works pretty well. Um, it, it, I didn't really think about that too much until the past few years as I started using my mobile phone more for payments and um, it's actually quite amazing how well it does work. <laughs> yeah, one interesting thing is what if they shrink the size of cards to like the size of a SIM card and you know you work with phone companies and you could plug in your Visa or MasterCard into the phone you know, it's against as small as a SIM, and then it's associated with the phone, and you you pay through the phone, but you have a physical card that you can remove from it and transfer to another device. Just a thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there are there are some interesting like card-based technologies where they're they're doing some kind of things like that. Like um, I can't remember the names of some of them, but there's a there's a few that are doing like. Um, even a security piece where the card number changes 
for like e-commerce transactions and things like that. So there are, there's some interesting things going on in that space, definitely. Oh, which companies or which verticals and size of companies and situations would be a good fit for you guys client-wise and which wouldn't? Um, you know, I think that um, generally speaking, we across the board, we work with you know, partners and merchants of all different sizes. So, you know, we, we have clients like Target, you know, so like really large retail and e-commerce-based clients like that, um, all the way down to, you know, small like hardware stores that are based in the U.S. and Canada. So it's really, um, I think if you're looking for a platform that you can grow with that smaller merchant side, then we have probably the most capable, what we call integrated payments facility um, and processing capabilities of of any processor. And then, like I said, you know, we process for these really large merchants. They, They work with us directly. And so we on both ends of the spectrum, we, we can, we can really touch home and, and offer what, what that client needs. Do you work with the uh, high risk clients or high risk verticals or no? Um, you know, we have like a compliance team that, that sorts that out for like different MCC codes. So it really depends. It's, you know, those types of things are taken on a case by case basis by our risk team and, and evaluated. Okay. Very good. And how can uh, interested parties find out more about Vantive and uh, perhaps apply for a merchant account? Um, so I would say two things. You can go to Vantive.com or you can go to uh, developer.vantive.com. So Vantive.com will give you a, a you know good overview of the company, that type of thing. If somebody was really interested in diving in, they could go to developer.vantive.com and create an account and start exploring how you know the integration process and what our platforms look like. All right, very good. Well, Josh, I appreciate you coming on, and it's V-A-N-T-I-V.com. Josh, thank you so much. Yep, yep. Thank you. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.